Xbox Superior. If you don't know, because I know a lot of you guys may not tune into uh, the Channel 10 Podcast, which you should, channel10podcast.com. My beloved co-host, the almighty AR, is uh, currently on hiatus. I don't know when he's coming back, but, you know, he'll come back when he's ready. So, before we get into this this episode, the first episode, and I believe in about eight or nine months, uh, I just wanted to apologize for that, but I really do appreciate the uh, support. You know, every so often I will look um, look at the stats, and the stats have been um, really studied. The listens have been really studied, rather. Um, I don't really want to thank you guys for that. I appreciate it. And, you know, while I've been gone, while we've been gone, and after, you know, the Arctic has, Arctic has been on hiatus, I've been trying, I've been thinking about ways to really revamp this podcast and to kind of make it better. And so by me making it better, I want to incorporate more things that are Wu-Tang. So, uh, so soon, very soon, I will have a special episode that I think really exemplifies what I, what I mean with that. But with all that being said, I figured that for this new podcast, well, this new episode um, for the podcast in such a long time, I figured that we keep things up to date and focus on Raekwon's The Wild album. So, with that being said, uh, you know, really, this podcast originally was me and the Almighty AR talking about different albums and everything like that. That's still going to go on. Talking about Killer Bees, every Wu-Tang album, Wu-Tang solo albums and everything like that. But now I'm going to pretty much have a rotating panel of guests who will come on and talk to me about uh these different albums and so for this episode i have a very special guest i have mateo urella who is a writer really dope writer he has this uh feature that he does on his medium page called profiles and he interviews all kinds of people from different walks of life musicians artists and he had Dan Lish, who is the creator behind Raekwon's artwork for his most recent album, The Wild. So uh, I figured it'd be a good thing to have Matteo Urello on to really uh, sit down with me and chat a bit about Raekwon's album. So Matteo, how you doing, man? Good, brother. I appreciate being on again. Um, first of all, obviously, congratulations on all your personal and professional success. And as we talked about last time, I'm a huge, huge Wu fan. And um and Raekwon fan and everything and a fan of yours. So I appreciate, you know, you having me on again. I feel like it's an honor and, and uh, congratulations to everything you're doing, man. You're setting the bar high for a lot of people. So thank you for, for having me on again. Oh, no doubt, man. And, and thank you, man. Um, You know, you've, your dope interviews. I mean, with your with your your profiles, you've you've interviewed people like Razcast, Bronze Nazareth. You know, to to keep everything Wu Tang here, and you've also um interviewed uh, Hellraiser also. Um, and when it came when it came to uh you interviewing Dan Lish for for you at least, what was like the biggest takeaway from that interview? Uh, I guess the biggest thing for me is that I thought it was pretty pretty awesome the way and, and getting to know him a little bit in, in the wild behind the scenes project a little bit. The, the biggest part was it seems like Raekwon is really not, um, not above doing anything himself. You know, he basically said Raekwon hit him up on Instagram and basically said, yo, this is Raekwon. I want to, <laughs> you know, I want to, I want to see, you know, get this guy to do my cover art. And I just thought that was really dope because everything I see about Raekwon or heard, or like I said, getting to know this project he he doesn't seem like that. He doesn't seem egotistical or arrogant or above doing anything or like a superstar. And just that goes to show because Dan Lynch, super dope artist and, and fairly well known, but not necessarily, you know, a crazy known artist. And so Raekwon just found his work 
had a vision and contacted him. And I think that's how you get things done. And I thought that was just really cool for a guy who I don't think in terms of Raekwon, I don't think he gets um, the notoriety he, he deserves, even mm-hmm. as hard as that might be to believe. Um, I think it's still awesome that he's just, he just has a creative mind to say, this is what I want and I'm going to make it happen. And I think that's probably partly why he's been able to stay so successful in the game so long. Yeah, yeah, you know, and um, and this is like one of the things that I did want to talk about before we actually delve into the album, and it's uh, you know, Raekwon's uh, like this kind, of, this new vigor that he has, and also um, this this independent um, you know, thing that he that he's been on for quite a while. I think this is like his fourth independent album, you know, through uh, his Ice Water Records. That's been um, he has distribution through different means. I think with this one is I think it's Caroline. I think for this one, and I think last his last album was probably EMI, but um. Yeah, like he really hits the ground running, and then like through all, um, through all of like most of his recent interv- his most recent interviews regarding the wild, he he talks about you know just still being out there, getting his name out there, going to you know different you know places in the industry and connecting with different kinds of people, and I think that the wild really um, embodies. Uh, his work ethic that he does have, um, you know, as an independent artist and that kind of grind, in which he does admit that, you know, it can, it, you know, it has his, um, his short, it, it, you know, its its strengths and his weaknesses at the same time. Yeah, and I don't think I think he approaches it very, um, um, again, maybe maybe for better or worse, but in general, he mm-hmm. approaches things very business like. So he has, he says, I got to get a product out there to keep my name hot. He does collaborations with people that maybe a little bit off the uh, off the wall, but he's doing it to get his name into different circles. Um, case in point, I was just reading a couple a month or so ago. Um, there's a there's a football player named Raekwon McMillan. Mm-hmm. He just got drafted, yeah, by the by the Dolphins, and I thought it was so crazy because he said, yeah, basically my parents named me after Raekwon the chef, and it's just crazy to see the influence that you know Wu Tang or or Raekwon himself has had on now the world, you know, in the wild. I think you look at the the features list. I mean, you know, it's it's low, but he's got Lil Wayne, CeeLo and uh g easy to you know amongst the amongst the, i think five or six on there and you're talking about CeeLo who's on who does you know pop, pop culture television Lil <laughs> who has a huge cult following himself and then g easy who's pretty popular for 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 whatever reason so i think it's pretty i don't know i just think raekwon um uh his influence is still going strong 20 something years later you know i mean yeah you know it uh yeah it, it, it's amazing um, to see it, and um, also I think that you know Raekwon, and and he and he thinks this too that he's kind of like taking the helm of the Wu brand at least when it comes to music. Um, you know, at least I guess maybe regarding quality and being you know more out there. You know, Ghostface, he did that for almost ten years, and now it seems to me that Raekwon is doing it. Um, and it, it just amazes me like his his business acumen, and I'm not sure if his uh. I was looking at like his management a little bit and just like the different pieces that he has and I know that um his brother his brother um I think Kay or Kareem uh manages him and then he has like a you know a whole slew of other people who are kind of connected to this Wu-Tang empire and who do certain things uh which is really dope so he kind of in a way keeps it literally all in the family when it comes to Wu-Tang um and when it comes to his you know his own biological uh family and how and how he keeps these things uh together um, and with that being said, this is also the first, yeah, I think Raekwon's first album that where he doesn't have like a, a Wu-Tang feature per se or any kind of Wu-Tang production. 
that 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 to me caught me really off guard for I guess bittersweet because as a as a long time Wu fan, passionate Wu fan, they are, that was almost always like the the glimmer of hope that whenever these um, strains go out in public and the feuds go out in public, and then a solo member releases an album, there's always some sort of Wu connection that brings it back to the family, and um, it kind of keeps you know keeps the hope alive. And I don't think the hope's broken. It's just for this album, there was no Wu Tang connection, and um, me personally, I think that was a mistake only because I don't know about personally, but sonically, um, I think it's it's always good to have a Wu connection because the it, it's similar to how you and I were talking about Bone Thugs. I mean, the the magic that Wu can create when they're together is unparalleled. So it might not be a RZA B, it might not even be a Ghost Verse because he's worked so much with them. But if you threw Master Kill on, or even a Killer B, or or even Productions from Fourth Disciple, or something, mm-hmm. just to just to bring it, not just for the reason, not just to say I got it. But because they make magic together, I mean, me personally, I'm not a fan of a lot of the features he had on this album, even though there's not many. So mm-hmm. I, I don't, and some of the beats, you know, the beats are all good, but I think it, he could have had a bronze beat or, I mean, who's to say, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to say in retrospect, but I, I'm always, I'm always championing Wu-Tang and the, the magic they make. So I, I personally wish that he had some sort of Wu connection on this. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, you know, well, all right, well, we want to get into, you know, Wu-Tang, well, well, at least when it comes to the Killer Beast, he kind of technically had someone, he had, uh, I'm pretty sure this is uh, Sugar Bang Bang, uh, who was the guy, who, uh, who was the guy singing on all these uh, skits throughout the album, you know, intro, outro, well, not the intro, but in the outro, and then I think two skits throughout the album, so, that that's a Wu-Tang thing right <laughs> here, I guess. No, you're, no, you're <laughs> right, you know, it's funny, I didn't, um... I was just thinking today because I was, you know, thinking about this today and I was uh, about this, uh, you know, being able to be on your show. And I was like, man, I got to figure figure out what's up with these skits because there has to be a story to it. And I, and the voice sounded a little familiar, but I would never even, um, I mean, until I researched it. So, yeah, you're right. That absolutely is. And uh, and so I stand corrected and I apologize. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I, well, I. I mean, you know, well, if we're good, I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys know who Sugar, Sugar Bang Bang or Sugar Bang is. I, I mean, I'm just going to say Sugar Bang Bang, but it seems like whenever I look through the internet, some people just call him Sugar Bang. But, uh, yeah, like you, like I was trying to figure out who it was because the voice sounded familiar and it sounded like someone from like an older, uh, you know, um, Raekwon album. So, uh, Sugar Bang Bang, he's like a killer bee. He sings. Um, I believe he was on The Swarm for maybe about, I think, a, a couple of songs. He's on the Ghost Dog soundtrack. And... Um, he was on uh, Only Built for Cuba Links 2 on Raekwon's Cold Outside, where he pretty much, I feel like he's on the majority of that uh, of that song, actually, just singing. Um, and for those of you who are interested, he has an album entitled Fire, which came out in 2005 and supposedly RZA produced. Apparently, the uh, album's kind of hard to find. I was looking on Discogs, and, Discogs, and I think the last time the... Uh, the album, or someone bought the album, it was like for $45, $50, but uh, you can go ahead on YouTube, it's it's all on there, um, I skimmed through it a little bit, it's interesting album, just to, you know, to, none, nonetheless, I guess, but, yeah, I don't know, I guess maybe you can count that as a Wu-Tang feature now, you know, when, uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, the interviews that he's been doing, which uh, I don't, I think that uh, when it comes to Raekwon, I mean, maybe everyone in the clan, but particularly with Raekwon, especially because you know the it kind of history he's had his he's had recently with feuding, uh, with you know RZA when it's come when it when it came to like the past two albums, Eight Diagrams and um, A Better Tomorrow. 
people seem to be really interested in asking him about, you know, a next Wu, another Wu-Tang album or just his views on the clan. And then, you know, people got all up in arms because of him not having um, a Wu-Tang feature or anything like that. Um, and, you know, I really think they just kind of like the, the interview, a lot of the interviews that uh, he had with some of these publications, uh, they were just weren't that good because they just kept get, uh, focusing on this, you know, this Wu-Tang aspect and trying to find something wrong with the clan or, you know, him trying or trying to figure out if he feels there's something wrong with the clan or something like that, which, of course, he didn't say. Um, and so it just kind of strikes me, you know, odd, but. I don't know. I guess we can probably count Sugar Bang Bang as a as a Wu Tang feature. Well, He's I just right. I, we right. we can we can count it. I just um I don't, I think the absence was pronounced, and maybe that's yeah. on purpose. But I I mean I'm not I don't want to speak for Raekwon, but certainly I hope he wasn't trying to prove his worth as a solo artist because he's. X amount of albums deep and and he's a legend and revered just for his own body of work and his own influence on the game. Never mind Wu, but you know I'm I'm a Wu fan first, not necessarily yeah. against Ray, but I'm just a Wu fan, and so I would have loved to hear something from them. But but it's it's a, it's a good album. It's a very good album, regardless. You know. Yeah, it is. You know, um, well, he had, let's see, production-wise, he, I, mean, I know he has some in-house producers, so one of his in-house, well, I think he claims, well, he says that he's an in-house producer, I think, uh, is Frankie G. Um, he had Dame Grease, Justice League, and some other people. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think, I, I agree. I think that, like, the beats, they weren't bad. I think, um, you know, some I like, you know, more than others, like with, I guess, every album, of course. But, um, and I think, like you, I wasn't the biggest fan of every feature on the album, I think the best feature on the album um, is probably CeeLo um, on um, on the Marvin track, which I think is really good. Well, me personally, I think I think Marvin is one of the best Raekwon songs ever, and one mm. of the best, I guess you could say, Wu, you know, Wu Tang affiliated songs. I think it's an, an amazing song, and that for me, it kind of pronounced my my gripes with the album because overall, I'm a big fan. I was impressed. Um, it, it was a lot better the more I listened to it, but then. For me, I thought it started off super strong and it really peaked with Marvin and it was super creative and just just a very touching, great storytelling song. And then from there, I personally thought the album lost its creativity a little bit. It was a lot of there was a lot of drugs and guns and sex talk, but you know, Raekwon, and, and that's fine because he's a master of it, but he's almost 47 and he's super, super creative. So I was a little disappointed to see it start off with such a high peak sonically and creatively, and then it didn't necessarily, it, it just, it was a lot of the same topics that we know he has the wordplay, we know he has the vocabulary, and, and he's better than a lot of people for, for many, many years. So I would have liked more substance. And it's, it, it, you know, again, I hate to gripe because overall it's a good album, but I just thought Marvin is, is the best, one of the best records he's ever made. And I wish there was more um, creativity throughout the album. With that being said, yeah, certainly I like it a lot. I think, uh, I mean, yeah, you know, I, I, I mean, I, feel, I kind of feel for Raekwon because, you know, ever since like Immobilarity, um, you know, when that album came out and, and the criticism that he received for it, you know, really trying to like go away from that, that kind of mafioso route and, you know, try to, you know, become more of a, you know, um, you know, less of a, of a drug dealing kind of rapper or whatever like that. And, you know, I feel like he had to like work his, his way up, you know, so think about the, like the Vatican mixtapes and how he, it seemed to me like he almost had to like try to like, you know, kind of find himself a little bit when he was, you know, doing all those Vatican mixtapes and, 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 and stuff like that to like really come out to, to really finish, you know, Cuba links to, 
um, and to come out with a lot of these other decent albums, you know, Shaolin versus Wu Tang, which I think is, uh, I think it's like his second best album, you know, um, if you, well, yeah, aside, you know, from Cuban Links, um, and everything like that. So I kind of feel for him, like I kind of feel for him, but I do think that he strikes a better balance with this album, whereas he's more or less like reminiscing about some some things and. I think, uh, you know, um, having stories from the third person and just, you know, having them for the sake of stories. But, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't, I mean, he can go back to, I guess, Lex Diamonds. Lex Diamonds was, I think, a bit more, um, from what I can remember of it, it's been a long time since I listened to it. But that's one of my, that's, I, really, I really like that album, too. It seemed like for some reason people were still, it was almost like a LeBron James thing where people for Raekwon were still saying, like, can he do it, can he do it? And you're like, if you look at it, he's he's been doing it. So I think, you know, he had he had several albums in the last couple of years that I thought were great. I thought Shaolin vs. Wu Tang was great. Cuban Links Two was great. Um, Fly International. I can't say it was great, but I thought it was I thought it was very good. And I thought that was the first time, um, not maybe not the first time, but you know, he basically on that album was like I'm making Sonic crossovers. He had Ghost on it. He had you know he had a little bit of a Wu touch on it, but overall it was kind of like you know, feature French Montana and ASAP Rocky and Snoop Dogg. It was kind of more of a pop culture album. And I thought it was very, very good. One of my more favorite albums of that year. Um, so I can, you know, I see him trying to make the attempt to try to distance himself from, from the mathematics and from the 5% and, and from the kind of the things that was known for. And mm-hmm. overall he, he's killing it. But this album to me, like for me personally, this album was very, very good. So I'm probably sound like I'm disparaging it, but I preferred, you know, Shaolin vs. Wu-Tang or, or, Cuban links too, personally over this. Yeah, um, and a uh, one other element that I, I kind of saw every so often in some of these interviews that he's done uh, was this uh, notion of a Cuban links three, which I wasn't I wasn't fully aware that he was like really thinking about, but he actually is thinking about another Cuban links three. So, uh, what do you think about him doing uh, a, another Cuban links? Well, it's it's tough because I think that there's a, he he's so creative and and his chemistry with Ghostface is so well pronounced and obviously the Wu Tang chemistry is so well pronounced. I thought Cuban Links two, Cuban Links one, obviously one of the best albums of all time. Cuban Links two was one of the best albums of that decade. Me personally, in terms of hip hop, because it touched everything. It had an incredible amount of features, incredible production. Not not just Wu, but Dre and Dilla, Pete Rock, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But so, so on the one hand, I think he could do that no problem with his eyes closed, um, especially if he took his time and didn't do it with his eyes closed and put some time into it. But on the other hand, I get a little finicky when um, some, whether they're my favorite or whether they're guys that I don't even listen to, you know, rappers do kind of when they revisit pro- re- projects. You know, I know the game came out with with documentary two and and Nas did still stillmatic, which was a dope album. So some of, sometimes they're great, but I just. I don't always understand the idea of revisiting something you've already done and not to get off topic, but that's the reason why I'm a huge, um, one of the reasons why I'm a huge Kanye fan, because regardless of any negativity, artistically, he never, he speaks so honestly to where he's at in life and what he's doing and what he's feeling. And he doesn't revisit projects or revisit sounds or sonics or, or collaborations. He just does what he's doing at the time. And I think that's, kind of the mark of a true artist is your expression at that point in life. So I'm kind of a little against revisiting projects because you should just let them stand. But again, to, to kind of hedge my bets, I think Cuban links one and two are amazing. So he could do that and it would probably be dope. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I don't, well, you know, I, uh, 
you know, one day you guys will hear my views on uh, Cuban links too. Um, we'll say we'll say that for that episode, but um, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that needs to be. I mean, I'm not saying that if he did a Cuban links three, wouldn't be. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I think overall I like Cuban links too, but you know, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't really think you need to, you got to do all this this kind of stuff and. You know, he kind of, he kind of, he, he kind of made like a, I mean, not like a fad, but he made like, he, he made it like a thing, you know, um, cause you think of like, think of like CNN, uh, the war report Two, which was released on, uh, Raekwon's, uh, label. Uh, so, you know, uh, he, I, I guess he motivated CNN, you know, Capone and Noriega to uh, go ahead and do uh, a follow up to their 1997 classic, which actually, I don't think I, I, I don't think I've listened to it. I, I should probably, should probably do that, but when it, um, I want to touch a bit on a, a bit more on you know you talking about Ray's age and stuff like that and um, you know and stuff like that because you know lately you know people in the clan have been doing other things so you know obviously RZA has been doing his Hollywood thing um, and Jizza has been you know on the uh, on the on the, uh, the 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 lecture circuit going to Harvard and everything like that and Raekwon he he does talk about that he talks about the lanes that people in the clan have and that which is always amazing to me and so interesting is that you know if someone does good like does some good um within the clan like you know just individually it just you know it just reflects good on the entire clan as a whole and which it does so it's it's interesting for me to see um or to see rather that you have RZA doing his thing you got Jizza um you have Inspector Deck um and I feel like he's found like a second life as uh, with Zarface with uh with um with 7L and Esoteric which I think those albums are pretty dope, and then you have you know, uh, Raekwon who you know who is still kind of holding that mantle, um, you know, uh, on more of a commercial level, getting features on you know, I guess people ranging from like a Two Chains to uh, Kanye West since you just brought him up, and uh, you know, I mean, I, th- I think it's really good. And then you have uh, Ghostface, you know, Ghostface, he's. I feel like he's been doing what, he, what he's what he's been wanting to do for the longest time, actually making albums with like full bands. <laughs> so, like full soul bands. So, um, I think that you know, when it comes to the clan, maybe there always has to be that one person, one or two people who you know they're just focusing on music. And it seems to me that Raekwon, at least, he's embracing his artistry. You know, it's he. It seems like he's, t- he's taking like a lot of pride in his artwork now. I mean, he always has, but I feel like it's a bit more. Um, you know, compared to other albums. Like, so you have this album, and then with uh. Fly international luxurious art. You know, I always got to say the entire the entire title. <laughs> um, you know, he had like a little rollout for that um, album cover too, if I recall properly, like on Instagram. The same thing, the same way he did with um, the Wild. So, I think in general, you know, I think the you know everyone like is really finding like that like their like their 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 little niche. And I think Raekwon is slowly but surely. I think he's already carved it out, but he's like perfecting it a bit more. I would say perhaps yeah no i would definitely agree and i think he's um he's having a lot of crossover success on on different features like you mentioned i know he was with a he did a justin bieber record and oh, he's, he's um yeah <laughs> and i know ghost gets looked at ghost like when ghost did the um did the good music feature people said oh my god the verse of the year so it's, it's a little bit more revered where Ray, ray's kind of like sliding in like i'm not don't don't put me on a pedestal yet i'm, I'm still amongst you i'm still kind of putting out product on a regular basis. And so I, I respect that um, a lot. And I respect the fact that he's, even if he's distancing himself from the Wu-Tang s- sound, he's still, he's still Wu-Tang all, all day. You know what I mean? So that never goes away. Um, 
I, I guess to, just to circle back a little bit, it, it mm-hmm. got me thinking when you said uh, CNN, it got me thinking of one of my favorite rappers who's AZ. And so he, I was reading, okay, he's doing do or die too. And then I started thinking about Method Man and he did, um, he just did a, what did he do? To Cal 2? I think he released To Cal 2 last year. Um, and it's just like, I don't know, some of these people are so super creative that it's just like instead of revisiting a project that happened at a moment of time, keep it moving. And so to bring it back to the wild and, mm-hmm. and how I got interested in Dan Lish is because I think that just showed Raekwon, like you said, taking his artistry a little bit or a lot more serious and a lot more pride in it to, down to the cover art, um, down to a limited amount of features. I think if you look at uh, sonically the song, like for instance, You Hear Me, that kind of blew me away. It was kind of like a, like a, not not a trap record, but it was a different flow and a different sound for him. So he's still experimenting and growing. Um, the song Marvin's a kind of a different kind of conceptual for him. So I, I think he's still growing, and I think he's actually still growing and, and finding his footing. And that's kind of awesome to see because or, or a guy like Ghost, Ghost is still growing and taking chances with um, Bad Bad Not Good and Adrian Young and doing a lot of projects that are a little bit you know off the wall. But he's still trying and he's still doing you know he's kind of still doing that doing it fearlessly. And Riz is super fearless when it comes to uh, his artistry. So I think the spirit of Wu is is well intact if, as long as those guys keep kind of doing what they feel in their heart is what they should be doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so in general, um, I think we I I feel like we agree that Marvin is like the is is the the best song off this album. Yeah, for me, I mean, best song on the album, best song, uh, one of the best songs of his career, certainly one of the best. Um, uh, so I guess you could call it a solo record. You know, there's no there's no verse features, and I just was hoping. You know, I know J Cole did the kind of the storytelling, and and Nas did kind of the storytelling with Rakim, and I think Ray Ray just killed it kind of out of nowhere for, kind of for no reason other than the fact that Marvin Gaye's a legend um but but what killed it and CeeLo I mean CeeLo's a little bit under unheralded when it comes to um verse feature uh, uh chorus features I know he did one on Common's album uh, one day it all makes sense and he killed that I forget what it's called but um I think it was about Jesus or something but it used to be one of my favorite songs in high school but definitely Marvin's my favorite and um I don't know if we're going there but Purple Brick Road man shouldn't have happened I mean, the beat is cool. Um, you know, I you know I could have lived. I could have most definitely lived without that song. Um, and, you know, G Easy's verse. I think it was just on. I think it was if it was just like Raekwon, it would have been okay. And you know, the title could have been something different. I don't know. It's so jarring. But again, to bring it back to the Justin Bieber feature, he had Jeezy on his album. You know, and I, I know he had Lil Wayne, and Lil Wayne has a lot of respect from a lot of people, and and Jeezy really doesn't. But Jeezy, you know goes on sold out tours. And so I think it's, it's a smart business move for Raekwon to, to feature on, on Justin Bieber or to have G easy on his own album with, and then have Andrew day on because he's kind of getting his name into a lot of circles that, that either a don't know him or B only know him as Wu-Tang. And he's kind of saying, no, like check out my, my work, you know? And I, I respect, I think what he's the decision making he's making. I just don't, the product I don't really care for, but who cares? Cause he's, you know, he's doing his thing and, and I can't fault him for that. Yeah, and when it comes to um, you know, hit hit uh the business aspect, um, it seems to me that he's really pushing this art this artist that he does have on um on Ice Water Records, Pure, um, who is relatively new. Um, he has him on the album. Um, you look on the SoundCloud on Raekwon, well on Ice Water Records SoundCloud page. Um, I think they just recently came out with like a song, maybe some days ago, and they have some um some other songs together. I think in the past three months, several of them on the SoundCloud page, you can go and check out. Um, and 
so anyway, what did you think of um, having Pure on the album, like on the song um, Eminem? Well, for me, I mean, if, if Pure is his guy, and I know he's kind of between Ice Water and and uh, back, back in the Wu, I guess Wu days, he's not afraid to put his own people on, and I, I champion that, and I respect that, and he should. Um, with that being said, I really, that and Purple Brick Road, the only two songs I really, I don't like at all. You know, I really, <laughs> like, I, I, I dislike them. And I thought um, Eminem didn't really make sense to me, to be honest. It really, like, I didn't understand the concept. I didn't understand the rhyme patterns because there really weren't rhyme patterns. They were just, you know, speaking with um, alliteration, but it didn't make sense to me. And it wasn't necessarily conceptual like they were telling a story. They were just... It was just alliteration that didn't necessarily even rhyme, and and when the dude hears it, you know, peace to Nova Scotia, I almost laughed because it just didn't make. It's just very forced, so I just didn't understand the song. And not to mention, I don't really care for the beat or just not, nothing about it. I liked it. it was kind of like that and, and Purple Brick Road, and and for me, the skits, those three or four things kind of all stalled what overall could have been a really solid, um, efficient you know, album. And it doesn't mean it, it didn't take away to the point where I dislike it or anything. Like I said, I think it's a really mm-hmm. good album and I was impressed how much I liked it, but I just, I didn't understand anything. How did you feel? Maybe I'm just being super, super picky. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, well, when I first listened to the album, I liked it like quite a bit. And it was because, you know, I, I was kind of, I was, I, I was like a little let down with a uh, fly international luxurious art. Um, and so I was just happy. I was happy for Ray to go back to you know his you know what he usually does rather than you know kind of you know have more of a commercial appeal with it with like with an album. Which I mean I wasn't mad at. I wasn't particularly mad at Fila per se. I just it just wasn't for me. I'm sure that maybe it probably helped him out when it came to you know moving around the industry and being independent. But um, in general. I don't know, I feel like maybe he could have picked some other, some other beat makers. Not like, I mean, I'm not saying like Dane Grease. Like, I'm saying like maybe he should have reached out to, I don't know, some Alchemists, some Havocs, or, you know, something like that to really, um, you know, put like a lot of these um, these pieces together. Even like a Bronze Nazareth. I mean, he had Bronze Nazareth on um, Shaolin vs. Wu-Tang. I think it was uh, Butter Knobs, right? Uh, and that song was really dope. Um, but... You know, it seems to me in his in his interviews too for this album, he also you know mentioned, you know, wanting to do something different, like you said, and not and I guess in so in so many ways, kind of shying away shying away from you know the so called Wu Tang sound, which actually this is something I wanted to get into uh, with you. And me and Arte, we've been talking about this this notion of of a Wu Tang sound, whatever this is. And when we think of a Wu Tang sound, it doesn't really involve RZA. It's really like Fourth Disciple. And like Bronze Nazareth and True Master, like people who really make up like the Wu elements. Because if you think of you know the this Wu Tang sound, Wu Tang albums don't really have this sound, or or you know or do or do you think uh, something different? Well, it's it, that's a great that's a great question and something um, I'll have to spend more time thinking. But in general, I think I can see how RZA gets. I guess you could say credit. Like uh, the, when you started speaking about that, the first song that came to my head was. Um, um, scary hours, and I think that to me embodies the like the RZA sound, the RZA sound, and the early Wu Tang sound, which is a lot of strings, very orchestral, usually some sort of soul sample or some you know some scratched up vocals. But he's he, his artistry and his growth has been major. So I don't know the last time RZA had something that would be called the Wu Tang sound, even on his um, 
birth of a prince album a day to god a thousand years is a bronze beat and that was my that was probably my favorite beat on the album and um all the all the bobby digital albums don't really have any sort of sound like that so i think i think it's hard to say because i don't think yeah i think at this point especially with so much time passed i don't think there is a wu-tang sound you can contribute to rizza because he's kind of gone away from it so much but i can see how people would once when they first came out and his sonics were first on the map i mean they were pretty cutting edge so i think at the time you could say well that's the wu-tang sound but then once he kind of put on the wu elements and people like bronze or mathematics or whatever then they kind of took the the, the a little bit more of a formula you know with this with the sped up vocals and orchestral mm-hmm. and and kind of dusty and everything and i think um he kind of passed that mantle probably gladly because like I said, he kind of went off and is still exploring his own artistry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause like, I mean, if I, if I had to, if I had to like pick something off of a Wu-Tang album that has like the Wu-Tang sound, you know, I would probably pick scary hours too. Actually. I think I mentioned that maybe some, somewhere in one of these episodes, um, for this podcast. And, but yeah, mainly like mathematics and fourth disciples. So like, you know, mathematics, like Cobra clutch. Um, yeah, I think he made that beat. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to think of like one. I don't know, like damn near like the entire like Killer Army album, you know, Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars, like like Fourth Disciple. Like I mean, I I feel like Fourth Disciple all is like the ultimate embodiment of the Wu Tang sound. Um, just from like Sons of Man, you know, Fourth Disciple. I mean, you know, Sons of Man and Killer Army and everything like that. Um. So yeah, so home, so so pure. Because Pure sounds familiar, so Pure is from, like, the old Ice Water. See, I didn't, Ice Water was, like, it was with Immobilarity and Lex Diamond that I was almost, like, a little disappointed in Ray. Like, I know this is many, many years ago, but I was almost, like, it was, it was, it was like, I was, like, as a kid, I was super drawn to kind of, like, the very scary elements of Wu and of, of Bring the Pain video from Meth and and the old Wu videos that were just on public access and that were super scary. And so when, when Ray did Immobilarity and Lex Diamond, which I now really appreciate, at the time I was kind of like salty about them because they, were, they weren't threatening. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of didn't really um, investigate Ice Water like that because I was kind of like, ah, Ray disappoints me. He's on his own on this one. You know? And it took me a couple, <laughs> couple of years to kind of like circle back, you know? Yeah, that uh, yeah, that Ice Water album, I think, which came out like right after, like pretty much like right after like the Lex Diamonds joint. It was it was a pretty interesting album. I, th- I think like Three Six was on that album, if I if I can recall properly. But yeah, I'm really just going. I have notes here, but I'm just going off like the top of my head with like with that. I don't I don't fully remember. I think I think Three Six was on that album actually. Um, but yeah, but eventually, cause um, I mean, pretty much like you had like American Cream Team, and then it just kind of turned um, into Ice Water in so many words. I just, I, and again, maybe maybe I've lost touch or lost track, but it just didn't make any sense to me. The song, you know, not yeah. like it's. It just didn't make. I just didn't understand what they were going for because because I didn't, and it's smack dab in the middle of the album. Um, and for me, Justice League and Dame Grease are the two producers that I think are the most well known on the album. And for me personally, those are the two songs that I I, I dislike the most. So. Um, or really the only two that I dislike. So that was a little disappointing when you look at the track list, but that's just my own personal, you know, whatever. Right, no doubt. Um, now, I guess, well, I guess in, in closing, um, are there any, is there any other song that, that stood out to you? Um, I think, um, you know, like we said, Marvin's the best. I think You Hear Me's right up there. This is what it comes to that started off the album super, like super strong. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and I liked all of those. I mean, my corner I liked a lot, but I thought Lil Wayne kind of, you know, he that's who he is now, and it was like shades of the greatness of Lil Wayne. It's a little disappointing. Um, I, like I said, I just really don't care for uh, what's the I think Fizzling Hour. That's the one where he's being reflective, right, and talking about like being a grown man. I think Visiting Hour with Andrew Day, that's the one, like, I'll um, write you a letter, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah, like, because I think that was, like, that was when, like, Can't You See was, like, him reminiscing also, so I'm pretty sure, like, one, like, between those. So I like, yeah, I like Visiting Hour a real lot, I thought that was the second strongest, and then, for me, a little bit, it got a little bit uh, formulaic, the rain, crown of thorns, you know, kind of, kind of sound the same, they don't really stand on my head, Purple Brick Road, I thought, you know, fairly terrible because of G-Eazy and then you hear me kind of finishes the album super strong but I mean it's it's 16 tracks you had I think three or four skits and then for me two songs that were that were pretty bad so for me personally and I'm nobody but for me if it was 10 or 11 songs like Master Case uh, Master Killer's um, um, last two projects were then you're looking at a super efficient super enjoyable like playbackable record not that this isn't it's just a little heavy considering considering there's only three or four features and like four or five skits which are for me they're just you skip right through them you know yeah yeah um yeah yeah i think um yeah i think marvin's the strongest um i, I mean i like nothing i like can't you see uh crown of thorns was okay um you hear me i think i listened to the album so far like at least today outside of, like how how i've been listening to it throughout since it's been out since march um I don't know. I, I keep going back and forth about you hear me. Like one day at one time I like it, and then I hear it again. Like oh, I think this is cool, or then I'm like oh, I don't really mess with it. So it's kind of up in the air. But in general, I think that the album starts out really strong. Uh, you know, um, Sugar Bang Bang. You know, being on these skits. You know, uh, I wasn't mad at him. You know, but uh, you know, I you know I could have lived without him too. And you know the other the, you know the the intro. Um, and everything like that. I mean, yeah. So if you just would have shaved that off, then you would have had a really solid album. Really, just focused on like the beginning, uh, the the first half of the album would have been a really dope album. Um, so yeah. But um, I think overall we agree that this is a good album. It's a good album in the sense, um, when it comes to Wu Tang, at least that it's a it's a good showing for the clan. You know, as you know, Raekwon being a representative, and I think it's just a good album overall. And then just you know, when you just think of his um, him being an independent artist and like his grind, you know, getting the Lil Wayne's and the G Eazy's of the world onto his album and stuff like that is really um, it's really good. You know, just for the the W overall and just for you know Raekwon as an artist. And we are seeing you know Raekwon grow as an artist from you know Fila to now and different things that he's been doing, switching up his his you know delivery every so often going out and getting different beats that we're not used to like hearing him um on which is always something that i think every artist um you know should do and i guess it can be a daunting task you know especially if you have a particular kind of bass like raekwon and the Wu has so nonetheless i think i give it i give the album a thumbs up yeah yeah absolutely thumbs up and, and for me as a fan i will always rather the artists that I that I listen to, I'd always rather them take chances and and obviously succeed, but fail rather than just stay in the lane that they're very comfortable in. And a guy like Ray, um, who has a business mind, could have just easily pushed out product that's the same ten or ten or twelve Wu Tang sounds with a ghost feature here and there or a Sheik Luch feature. So I definitely give him a lot of credit for going, you know, testing himself, trying out new things. 
being so heavily invested in the um the rollout, the cover, the product, the beat selection, and not necessarily sleeping through it. I think he sounds um on most of this album he sounds energetic and motivated and reflective and not trying to be something he's not. The the parts that disappoint me are just you know things that things that are swings and misses and th- they could be somebody else's favorite song so obviously it doesn't matter but in general um i'd much rather him or anybody that i really really care for artistically you know tr- tr- try and grow and put out things that they, they don't even know if it's going to work rather than put out something they know it's going to work and just keep putting that out every year and you get the same stale product so um major credit like you said especially as a as an independent artist to take those chances and to put on people like the in-house beat makers or like pure you know people who aren't that well established and and give them a big platform to kind of springboard their own careers so i think he's making the right moves he's in the right direction um and he's still putting out high high quality music with woo or without woo so i can't wait just like when feel came out i mean i can't wait for the next raekwon project because again i think he's one of the most slept on i think he's a legend doesn't get the 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 the, the um, status he deserves probably because nobody in Wu does in my opinion but mm. um, I can't wait for his next project because he sounds like a young motivated you know guy who's very relevant in the game. All right, well, well, folks, there you have it. Um, if you haven't listened to uh, Raekwon's The Wild, please go ahead and do that. Um, you know, me and Mateo, we both agree it's a good album that you will uh, listen to. I think from here on out, I think it's a good addition to uh, Raekwon's extensive catalog between his EPs, his mixtapes, and his official albums. Um, so with that being said, Mateo, go ahead and plug all your social media in and everything like that, if you will. Oh, I appreciate it, brother. So yeah, if anybody's interested, you can read uh, anything I'm writing over on Medium. at uh, uh, My name for everything is just at Mateo Urella, M-A-T-P-E-O-U-R-E-L-L-A, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Medium anything anybody's ever interested in um anything i've ever wrote i really am appreciative and and while i have the chance brother i just want to thank you again it's always a pleasure you're super um super knowledgeable and i love to to you know talk about wu-tang or hip-hop <laughs> especially with somebody who's passionate like you so it's an honor to be on the show again much much congratulations and blessings on your success brother and hopefully um this guy's a limit for you and for the show because Again, the, the world needs more passionate hip hop fans that are well that are well versed and well educated, and you're at the forefront. So I appreciate it. Oh man, no no doubt, man. I I really thank you and appreciate appreciate you for saying that. And um and please, yo guys, like please go ahead and um and check out Mateo's profiles. It's really dope. Um, check out his Bronze Nazareth interview. Um. For whatever reason, I was kind of shocked. The Bronze Nazareth interview was actually one one of the more popular. Well, um, the Bronze Nazareth episode that we did on the Great Migration was one of the more popular episodes for the Wu Tang podcast so far. So, if you really want to have a better understanding of that album, uh, please go ahead and check that out. Check out the um, the the uh, Dan Lish interview that Mateo did, which is really dope to get a better understanding of um, Raekwon's approach to the Wild, especially with the album cover and uh, Raekwon's artistry overall. So. Um, with that being said, uh, please check us out at WuTangPodcast.com. Uh, please go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already. I know a lot of you guys are listening on SoundCloud, but please go ahead and subscribe. Uh, we are back. We're going to have more um, episodes, and we're going to have Mateo back to uh, probably get into some into into some really deep Killer Bees albums. And of course, um, if 
we don't come out with an episode for a while for the Wu-Tang Podcast. Nine times out of ten, you can check us out at Channel 10 Podcast, um, channel10podcast.com. Hit us up on Twitter at Channel10Pod. Um, you know, I keep the Twitter and everything like that pretty updated. So if you want to um, reach out to me, hit me up at channel10podcast at gmail.com or wu-tangpodcast at gmail.com, whatever um, suits you, just hit me up, um, let us know, let us know what you want, uh, us to, uh, you know, sit around and talk about, um, I'm, I'm down for that, I'm really, I'm more or less interested right now, at least in Killer B's album, so, if you have, I don't know, if you want to hear about some Holocaust, some War Cloud, I'm more happy, more than happy to do that, uh, you know, the Killer Bees, they're really, it's extensive, man. There's so many goddamn albums, man. Like Sugar Bang, like Sugar Bang Bang's album, man. 2005, I can do that. There's so many things that we can do here because there's, I mean, the Wu Tang catalog is so vast, including the Killer Bees. So please reach out to me, let me know. Um, with all that being said, we're out. Peace and thanks a lot. I'd like to thank the gentleman from Wu Tang for that clarification, and peace to you as well. <laughs>